This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, your hosts, Spencer Linton and Jason Shepard. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Thursday, January 28th, wherever and however you're connected, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with the guy who rolled up to work this morning in his brand-new Maserati, Jason Shepard. Okay, that's not true. Still, still rocking the Kia. Uh, love the key. Shout out to Korean made cars. <laughs> yes. Go. Take that, David Nixon. Sorry, inside <laughs> joke. It's an inside joke. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so uh, Zach Wilson's got some new wheels. Uh, he's got a new Maserati. He's upgraded. He has. He uh, decided to go ahead and shout out, to, hey, thanks, Maserati, for the upgrade. Mm. Uh, that is a nice looking car. Um, that is super nice. He's gone from a Mazda yeah. to a Maserati. It also looks like, can we put that picture back up? Because uh, it also looks like he's uh, also gone to uh, Arizona oh. State now, right out in the front. <laughs> yeah. The, the pitchfork. Yeah, fork. the pitchfork, yeah. It really does look like that. Though, though funny, and maybe, you, maybe you're going here. There was a lawsuit between Maserati and Arizona State. I did not know that. Because the logo looked too much so, uh, too alike to what Maserati had. Is Zach living his best life right now? He's got this fantastic pad in yeah. SoCal. Mm-hmm. He's got the Maserati. He's going to be a top five pick in the NFL draft. He's got his PS5. He's got his best friend 10 minutes away with them training in California, Dax Mill. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, this is his best life. And well-deserved. Absolutely you, well-deserved. Good for you, man. Absolutely. Good for you. And good for us for having a loaded show lineup today, even though it does include bubble watch for BYU basketball. Wait a second. Are the Cougars really back on the bubble after one loss, another one at Pepperdine? We'll update all of the critical tournament metrics, plus advance the conversation to a Saturday showdown with Pacific. I don't know if you're busy on Saturday, Jason. Uh, I'm busy doing pre-half and post. Yeah, okay. Just switching up the opponent, right? Yes. Also, Tigers play-by-play man Zach Bayrudi will join us after the COVID rescheduling. And Kennedy Eschenberg on why nationally ranked BYU women's volleyball feels ready not just for a conference title run, but a national title run. Bring on today's BYUSN headlines. Men's basketball had its four-game winning streak snapped yesterday at Pepperdine, falling to the Waves by three, 76-73. Spencer Johnson led the Cougars in scoring with 15, one point shy of his career high. The loss drops BYU's record to 13-4 overall and 4-2 and in the West Coast Conference. BYU Athletics announced two more rescheduled games in the COVID calendar. Men's basketball, as we just referenced, will now play the Pacific Tigers this Saturday, January 30th, instead of February 8th. Tip-off set for 6 Eastern on CBS Sports Network. Keep in mind, this change was instigated by a postponement of BYU's game against the Dons of San Francisco, who have paused all team activities while they work through COVID protocols. Also, BYU women's basketball originally set to play Gonzaga back on January 23rd. Good news, they have rescheduled that game for the tangle of the top teams in the WCC. Tuesday, February 2nd in Spokane. Tip-off set for 9 p.m. Eastern. Number 16, women's volleyball sweeps Portland for the second straight day on the road. Kennedy Eschenberg, who will join the program later on, led the Cougars 
with 11 kills. BYU's next opponent is Gonzaga on February 9th in Provo. BYU men's volleyball has secured the number one spot in the off-the-block national men's volleyball media poll. BYU receiving all nine place, first place votes, rather, unanimously putting them on top. Hawaii, not surprisingly, received all nine second place votes. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. A straight-up Malibu mess. BYU loses in Pepperdine's paradise once again. The Cougars have now lost five times in ten trips to Firestone Fieldhouse in WCC play. And, Jason, it always stings. This one just may carry some added sting. (laughs) Shep, what did the loss do to BYU's at-large chances? Look, right now, seeding probably takes a bit of a ding, but the loss yesterday, at least in my opinion, doesn't mean BYU is in jeopardy of not making the NCAA tournament. In my opinion, BYU is in. I think they're still firmly in when it's all said and done. Yes, it was a hiccup. Yes, it was a game BYU was favored and lost. I, I don't think it is ultimately... So overwhelming that BYU cannot bounce back from this. It was, it was good that yesterday when BYU lost, it was a quad three. Today, it's actually a quad two loss. Oh, So overnight, the loss actually became less bad. Yep. So, which still then, because I know Greg Rubel was talking about this on the radio broadcast yesterday. Up until yesterday, Mark Pope had never lost a game at BYU against a quad three opponent. And that very well could remain, yes. Jason. So yesterday, that streak was over. Today, it's back on. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that certainly helps that it went from a quad three loss to now a quad two loss. Look, assuming all or at least the majority of the games that BYU has on the schedule, that they can actually play those, there is ample time for BYU to be able to move past this and regain its momentum. You, you obviously are still going to get a bump. By playing Gonzaga, mm-hmm. you're still going to be able to face St. Mary's here. You still, you know, you have all these opportunities still to play games and get back on a a winning streak. It, yes, it was a ding to seeding yesterday, but in my opinion, it does not change BYU in terms of whether they're in the tournament or not. We hope and anticipate based on what is happening right now in WCC scheduling, that BYU will get the home game with San Francisco as well. Correct. And that will help. Right now, San Francisco is just outside of the top 75, and they playing BYU helps their metric, win or lose. We need, and by we, I mean BYU basketball and Mark Pope, need San Francisco to be in the top 75 so they have another Quadrant 1 victory, and that gives them four. So many moving parts to this. In fact, I said yesterday when the stat was discussed in our little group chat, oh, man, this is first BYU's first Quadrant 3 loss. And I said, just wait. Just wait till tomorrow morning. Right. Just, just see what happens tomorrow. See what the metric does when Pepperdine is given credit for beating BYU. And voila, all of a sudden it's a Quadrant 2 loss for BYU. It doesn't look as bad to the committee. And, and I know it's weird because, like, you're telling me if it's – if Pepperdine's the 136th rated team, it's a quadrant three loss. And because they're 135, it's, it's two. And yes. That, and that makes a, a difference. It does. It, it does. That's what the committee <laughs> is looking at. It's fickle, but that's what they're looking at. And I know BYU fans, the loss in Malibu always stings. It, it always stings. I don't know why BYU doesn't play consistently well at Firestone Fieldhouse, but it's just a thing. It, it is. 
Why can't Gonzaga consistently beat BYU and Spokane? Why have they lost three times to BYU and they never lose to anybody else? I don't know. It just there there are some things that we cannot explain. I feel like saying BYU is back on the bubble is irrational girlfriend mode, Jason. And I'm thinking specifically of a wonderful young lady that I dated while I was in college, and I won't throw out names. I'll just call her. Let's make this show really interesting and actually give out the name. Uh, no, no, we're not going to do that. <laughs> I'll, I'll just uh, I'll just call her Pageant Girl, okay? <laughs> Okay. Okay. <laughs> so we're narrowing it down. She was in a pageant. No. She I'm, was saying, a be- I'm just saying that. So so that's a humble brag that <laughs> no, he was dating a beauty queen no, is no, what that no, is. No, okay. that's not. Okay. But carry what on. What I'm saying is, hey, <laughs> we need to view the big picture here, people. It was not five days ago that you and Jeremy and I all sat on this desk at one time or another and said, okay, BYU's got 14 games remaining. Hey, if they go... 12 and 2, that would be amazing, which means we were already anticipating that BYU would slip up one other time besides Gonzaga. Right. So, why now when BYU loses to Pepperdine? Oh, no! They're back on the bubble. What a terrible loss! It's irrational girlfriend mode, Jason, because you forget every good thing that has happened. And yes, this is personal for me because I felt like I did a lot of things right for this beauty queen, okay? For pageant girl. And then one. Thing that bothered her erased all of the good. And I, I are you willing to admit what the one thing was? No, <laughs> I'm not willing to. Admit I really that. want to know what the one thing that you did that bothered her was. I didn't introduce her as my girlfriend to another female at a BYU football game. Okay, <laughs> I just said this is pageant girl. And this is the other girl. And because it wasn't a clear statement, declaration, irrational girlfriend mode. Okay. That this is all, seriously, I was thinking about this last night. I was like, this, that's my, this is what's happening right now. With BYU fans. They're thinking irrationally. Oh my gosh. One loss, but it was to Pepperdine. BYU's back on the bubble. Oh, M- Mark Pope. He, I, he wasn't supposed to lose these type of games. We sat here not a week ago and said, we anticipate that there's going to be a weird game. Like, BYU's guards aren't going to play well. Uh, what happened yesterday? Well, and it's the most they rec- didn't make shots. It's the most recent game, too. It's the same thing. BYU felt th- Everybody felt this way after BYU lost to USC. And then they bounce back. Then BYU loses to Boise State. And you kind of feel the same way. It's, it's the most recent game. And, and it certainly was a frustrating game. I mean, Mark Pope, you know, after the game, was talking about, look, and, and the turnovers... There were just way too many turnovers to overcome in that game. BYU turned the ball over 13 times, you know, and, and it, it just some really key junctures. The second half started. BYU goes on a nice little run. They're up by 11, and you're thinking, okay, they've figured this out. They're in a really nice rhythm right now. And then turnovers just kind of destroyed everything. Yeah. Why does the one, and I know it was an ugly loss, Jason. It was ugly. But why do we get caught in the trap of one bad game erasing every good thing that has happened to this point? Because it's, we, we're into the instant gratification and everything that happens right now is the most important thing, good or bad. Come on, people! That's, that's, that is, that's reality right now. I know. I know. And more so now than ever in the year by, 2021. By the way, and that is why for, for fans' sakes, but certainly for the basketball team's sake... 
I love the fact that they were able to work something out with Pacific to get this game moved up and to be able to play Saturday. Otherwise, you're having oh. to sit on that oh. loss for about six days. So this allows you to be able to mentally move on to a new opponent, yes. get back out on the floor, and get back on a winning track. Yes. I love that they were able to get this game scheduled on Saturday. Break up with a rational girlfriend. And go find another go date. Go find a new girlfriend go and make sure you introduce you, her as your girlfriend. <laughs> not, uh, you know, give credit for any of the sacrifices that have been made for months before, but just, well, everything's ruined because you didn't say this. You do realize that whoever... Irrational girlfriend. Whoever pageant girl is <laughs> certainly knows she's pageant girl and is watching this and is so mad right now <laughs> listen speaking of the big picture let's recap all of the good things happening for BYU basketball with their resume update in the net first of all and I know that they take a hit they drop from 28 to 38 but they're still a top 40 team the Cougars only dropped two spots in Ken Palm's rating they go up one in ESPN's Basketball Power Index. <laughs> I know. Go figure. go figure. KPI, 31. Strength of record, 32. Sagarin rating, 30. Jason, they are top 40 in five of the six metrics that the committee use right now. If anything, the n- most noticeable difference will be in what the seeding is yes. for BYU basketball in Joe Lunardi's latest bracketology. Which, by the way, is, has not been updated today. No. It will be up. So we will see what type of hit they take when that comes out tomorrow. Yes. So maybe BYU drops to the 11 seed line and they're the sixth to last team in instead of the ninth or 10th to last team in. Whatever. They're in. They're in the they're tournament. They're in. BYU is not. Now, you can't have, you can't have more sure. like that. Sure. But I don't, also don't anticipate that. Okay, and has Mark Pope ever lost back-to-back games as BYU's coach? The Cougars have typically responded very well after a loss. They have responded every single time after a loss under Mark Pope. So there you go. BYU, we anticipate again, based on what the Cougars do under this staff, will bounce back and go on a nice little win streak. Why would we think otherwise? It's what has been done over the past two years. So instant gratification, people. If you can step out of the one-game scenario and irrational girlfriend mode, look at the big picture and what we're seeing. Come on. <laughs> you doing all right? I'm doing fine. And that, but that, and that's the way I – look, in the moment after it happens, you're like, oh, man, that was a missed opportunity for BYU, and you sure, feel bad for the guys sure. because they had been playing really good, and, and then to have that, that loss, you know it stings. But like I said, the seeding may take a little bit of a hit, but – BYU fans don't need to worry. BYU is still in mm-hmm. the postseason right now. And this there's plenty of games. There's plenty of opportunities for this team to get back on a roll, which is exactly what I expect them to do. Our question of the day, now that you've heard what we think about the ramifications of a loss, again, at Firestone Fieldhouse against Pepperdine, BYU Sports Station, how do you think the loss at Pepperdine will impact BYU not just right now, but on Selection Sunday. Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. First response in from Doug Heath on Twitter. It's no time for doom and gloom. Thank you, Doug, for having a wide-angled lens. BYU has a strong record, he says. BYU lost a one-possession game to a team they played back-to-back. 
Also a strange element, which Correct. doesn't typically happen in conference play. BYU has ended up in the tournament with worse losses before. Keep winning, and things will work out. BYU has four losses. Jason, even if they have six losses by the time they get to the West Coast Conference Tournament, I still feel like they will be in very solid position to make the NCAA Tournament as an at-large team. 100%. I, I don't think there is much cause for concern about that right now. Hashtag BYUSN Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. All right, coming up, what's the deal with Malibu? <laughs> my Seinfeld. <laughs> and more importantly, what's the deal with Pacific, Jason? Because that's who's on the schedule next for BYU. Zach Bay Rudy, the voice of the Tigers, will join us next. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Join us tonight for BYU Basketball with Mark Pope as the coach and Greg Rubel and player guest Trevin Nell look back on the loss of Pepperdine and look ahead to Saturday's matchup against Pacific. Plus, you can watch this week's Deep Blue featuring Matt Harms at tonight, 8.30 p.m. Eastern on the BYU TV app. I'm guessing that the look back at Pepperdine will be quite short, Jason. <laughs> and there will be much emphasis placed on what's ahead for yes, BYU Yes, it's basketball. all about moving on. <laughs> yes, it is, my yes. friend. Yes, it is. We are live in Studio B with your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with Jason Shepard. Joining us now, longtime friend of the show. He is the voice of the Pacific Tigers and the AAA Reno Aces as well. Zach Bay Rudy back on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Zach, welcome back to the show, man. Hey, you've had some changes in your life. You got a new baby in the house. How are things? Thanks for having me, fellas. Uh, yeah, big changes. Nora Adele Bay Rudy was born uh, just about four weeks ago, and she's uh, she's become the love of our lives, and she's just the best the best little thing that's ever come come on this earth. So uh, everything is great. I, it's actually kind of a blessing in disguise for me that I'm able to be home with her now, although it's, you know, I, I wish things weren't so different. Uh, it's, it's a, so there's a silver lining for us. Let's put it that way. Cause we get to spend time with our little girl. All right. So, so Zach, both Spencer and I each have four children. Mm-hmm. So obviously a little bit of catching up to do, but four? have you each eat? We each wow. have four kids. So no, but here, have you, have you had in, in the, in the short four weeks that you've been a father, have you had like a dad moment that you look back like, yep, I'm officially a dad. Cause we all have those. Uh, there was the moment of utter exhaustion when we were at the hospital uh, when she was born. Uh, and it was like, you know, 24 to, to 48 hours into my fatherhood. And the doctors and nurses, God love them, they kept coming in, you know, they poke and prod and check on her every half hour, hour. And, you know, just when you think you're going to get maybe an hour or two of sleep, they come in and, and your sleep is disrupted. And there was a, a period where I had like one hour of sleep in, in the last 40 and I was like, man, I don't know. I don't know if I could do this anymore. Like, this is ridiculous. Like, we're just at the starting line. And uh, it was, it, I had to kind of give myself a pep talk to get through it. But once we got yes. through that rough patch, yeah. it, was, it was all good. I'm sure you guys can relate. God love you. I don't, I mean, I have the bandwidth maybe for two, but four is like next level kind of stuff. Yeah, I'm not sure what we're doing yet. Exactly. But if it makes you feel any better, my latest child was born on December 29th. So I'm very much in the Congrats, same buddy. category as you right now. And it, uh, Congrats, I, thank you. I know that the sleep schedule is, is certainly stressed and it doesn't make it any easier that now you're kind of like, oh yeah, I'm the play-by-play voice of the Pacific Tigers and oh, there's a game on Saturday. So I guess I'm going to Provo. Do you have plans on Saturday, Zach? 
I, I had plans to uh, to be here uh, when St. Mary's was coming to town. So I had I had the day blocked off. I don't know if I quite had it blocked off to be in, in Provo, but I guess here, there, wherever it, at this point, it doesn't matter. A game's a game, and I'm excited to to be able to do a game whenever one comes up. Give us an idea of what this team is like this year, and maybe that's difficult for Coach Stoudemire to even figure out at 5-3, and three, and you had so many games that have been canceled or postponed. What type of team is this Pacific Tigers team? I, don't know. <laughs> I mean, I, I know I'm on here for some, for some, some deep insight and uh, I, guys, I really don't know. And I, and to be honest, to be really quite frank with you, um, you know, we, we played, I think it was four games in the non-conference. One of them was against a division two opponent in, in Westmont college in Santa Barbara. Um, you know, so there was not a, there was not a great sample size of games before we had to shut it down for COVID pause you know, there's really not a great sample size of practice. So before we played Santa Clara, I was interviewing one of our assistant coaches, you know, my usual pregame scout interview for the radio. And after we, you know, ended the interview, you know, he and I were chatting and he was like, I, I really don't, I really don't know what to expect here. I mean, we hadn't practiced. We had a 24 day COVID pause before that. We really hadn't had a chance to practice. It's, it's a pretty new group of guys. I mean, Jaleel Tripp, you guys remember him from last year. Uh, now with the Memphis Grizzlies, like he, he was our guy last year. And you knew that no matter what happened, you'd have Jaleel be able to get you uh, some buckets and, and, and get you 20. We, we just don't know if we had that guy this year. Uh, there, there's a chance we do. You know, there's a couple of guys who are candidates to be able to be that player. But t- as far as being a cohesive unit, w- w- trying to figure it out, you know, and they came out and scored 14 points before three minutes had elapsed versus Santa Clara. They turned the ball over 22 times against LMU and found a way to come back and win. And then, you know, then the road trip last week, which was a disaster, you know, going to Pepperdine and and losing, being down by 35 at one point. And then, of course, you have to follow that up with the, you know, going to Spokane, which is not what you want after losing, uh, you know, by 35 at Pepperdine. So you have yin and yang. You have uh, two extremes, and we're trying to figure out where this team lies and, and somewhere in the middle, I'm guessing. All right, Zach, so to update BYU fans, let's talk about some of those potential stars for the Tigers that you say could could step into the role that Jalil Tripp uh, filled so nicely for what felt like forever, I'm sure, as you know, he, he took it to the West Coast Conference for a long time. So who are the guys right now that you think might be the ones that BYU fans should watch out for? So there are two, two candidates, uh, Jeremiah Bailey, who uh, – had scored in double figures in every game, I think up until LMU. Uh, and he, he's really transformed his body. He, he took his conditioning seriously in the off season. He's slimmed down and, and all the work that he's put in has really showed. He's had a great motor, um, you know, and, and he's been scoring a bunch. And then Danis Jenkins, who's a sophomore uh, out of uh, Dallas, Texas, he's going to be a very talented scorer in this league for the next few years. Um, you know, those, those two, I think are at the top of my list right now. Uh, maybe some other guys come up, behind them and, and make a case. I mean, Brock Finstoon has been kind of a junkyard dog kind of guy. He's been all over the place. Uh, I mean, those, but, but uh, Jeremiah Bailey and Danis Jenkins have been the, the two guys uh, that Pacific has, has counted on to score the basketball up until this point. You know, Zach, one of the things that we've been talking about on this show over the last couple of days is the conference tournament and Mark Few and, 
his athletic director, you know, there have been some quotes coming out about whether or not the, the, the tournament should even be played, what's to gain, you know, what, what's the priority? Is it, you know, getting as many team, a third team in or is it protecting the teams that are already in? What are your thoughts on the conference tournament and whether or not it should be held, should it be modified, any of those scenarios? You know, it's, it's really tough to, to put everything into context. I guess you, you start from a place where the West Coast Conference probably took it on the chin more than any other conference in terms of what it meant last year, having, you know, three teams that really were going to the NCAA tournament and then to not have the tournament to lose out on all that revenue. I get that, that the WCC wants to, you know, protect, protect its bids and all that. But, you know, you, I heard you guys talking about Pepperdine a little bit earlier and, and you know, no disrespect to you guys, but I mean, ask Colby Ross if he thinks the conference tournament shouldn't be held. Ask Cam Edwards. Like th- those are two all conference, all league players who are, are, you can make the argument, you know, top, top five players in this league. So I think that there are uh, players around the league that deserve a chance to compete in the conference tournament. I don't think outside of Gonzaga that there's much is, that is a done deal. I mean, Gonzaga is the consensus number one in the country and in this conference, there's no doubt about it. Um, but I, I don't think that, that canceling the conference tournament or not allowing teams to make a case is is the way to go i mean san francisco beat virginia earlier this year and i know it's a weird year but like are we going to have a season or not like there are teams that are going through this like every other team uh you know it's not easy for a team like pacific to have to get last minute get on a plane travel this weekend and come back i mean that's that's not an easy trip we don't charter uh you know like gonzaga and byu so you know, there's teams that are going through the motions to make this season a reality. I think it's disrespectful to them to say, yeah, you know what? We're just going to protect our, our two for sure bids and, and move on. I don't think that's the right way to go about it. I think it sends a wrong message to the to the teams. Zach, for the record, and this is me speaking, my personal opinion. My first thought was the West Coast Conference Tournament's over on Tuesday. So there are like 10 days between the end of the tournament and and the beginning of the NCAA tournament. So isn't there already a built-in buffer? I am for this. Uh, if the tournament were ending the Saturday or Sunday before on Selection Sunday, then I could understand. But I, I'm having a hard time wrapping my head around the fact that with a 10-day already built-in period, the West Coast Conference can't figure this thing out. Yeah, it's a bit weird, and I know I know they're probably dealing with a lot of uh, elements logistically that we're not even really hearing about. I don't know what the tournament's going to look like. We've all talked about it, uh, you know, on the last road trip. Uh, my my friends and I on the road in the travel party, our trainer and support staff, you know, we were jamming about, hey, what's this thing going to look like in March, and is this is this really going to happen? And I don't know the logistical hurdles that you know Aaron Velichko and everyone at the WCC is is jumping through right now. So. I can't I can't really speak to that, but you're right, Spencer. I think that there is there's a, a built in buffer period to to be able to get the tournament in and to figure it out going into the NCAA tournament. I want to go back to somewhat of the of the COVID discussion. We BYU has already played, you know, St. Mary's, they played San Francisco. You know, we we know what the area in all of California, but Northern California is, you know, one of the areas that's been hit the hardest in the quarantines and shutdowns and things like that. Give everybody an idea of what all of the teams up in Northern California really have been dealing with over the last couple of months. Cause you mentioned, you know, having the stops and the starts and it's not just affecting games, it's affecting practices. Give everybody an idea of what the last couple of months have been like in that area. Just a smorgasbord of the unknown, you know, and it goes county by county here. So, 
you know, you look at where, where Pacific is in, in uh, San Joaquin County, it's totally different than where Santa Clara County was, which had a complete and total shutdown to the point where Santa Clara had to completely move not only its, its games to Santa Cruz, but they had to stay in, in Santa Cruz. Uh, they couldn't come back to Santa Clara without a, a quarantine. So you're talking a very extreme case in, in the case of, of Santa Clara. And, you know, here in San Joaquin County, they have gyms and barbershops and, and all that are still closed, but you could still, you know, go in and out without having to quarantine. So it's just, it depends on where you are and that's what makes it so hard. And it's not like Santa Clara County is, you know, a, a, a good distance away. I mean, Santa Clara County, I can get there in, in 50 minutes to an hour. So it just, it's, it's really, really strange. And just depending on where you are, it can be one extreme or the other. So um, in terms of what what they've had to deal with, it it uh, it's kind of somewhere in that realm, and uh, practices obviously have been uh, very tough. It's, you know, you you test positive, you can't practice, and uh, you know, in in the case of uh, of Santa Clara, you can't even practice at home, even if you don't have positive tests. So uh, we're just uh, we're trying to figure out, I guess, day by day, and that's what makes it so hard. Zach, it's great to catch up with you, man, and we're thrilled that a game between Pacific and BYU is happening on Saturday and just the ability of both staffs and schools and programs to, to make this come together. We wish you health and safety amidst a crazy time in Northern California, and congratulations again on the birth of your beautiful new baby girl. Spencer, Jason, thanks, guys. Appreciate it, and uh, look forward to seeing you guys soon. Looking forward to Provo this weekend for sure. Let's go, man. Zach Bayrudi, a class act with us on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why we show how. Yeah, just it's a strange – and I think that's what he talked about, where you have these different counties that are not separated by that great of distance – and it's completely different. You know, we saw even here in the state of Utah where Salt Lake County and Utah County and, you know, Wasat, it, it, it was everybody's just dealing with their own set of circumstances. Uh, yet we're all in this together. It's, it's kind of a very strange situation. Yeah, to say the least. Yeah, very, very much. All right, coming up, who's the better Eschenberg? Ooh, that's going to be a fun one. And which car would you buy if you were a top five pick in the NFL draft? This is BYU Sports Nation. This segment of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Visible Supply Chain Management. Catch the latest BYUSN right now with Kiki Solano. It's BYU Sports with a social media twist. Catch the latest episodes on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Welcome back to Studio B. He is Jason. I am Spencer, and this is BYU Sports Nation. Let's whip it! Yes, the Cougar Rip Around presented by Visible Supply Chain Management, tackling America's most challenging shipping problems. BYU now 5-5 five and five at uh, Pepperdine. Why the issues in Malibu, Spencer? I don't know. The beach is beautiful. You're in paradise. It's Malibu, Jason. Just say that word and how do you feel? I, I feel a lot warmer. Uh, smile comes to my face. Right? Yes. It's a relaxed atmosphere. So that is the challenge that BYU and every other West Coast Conference team that doesn't live close to the beach will face every time they go there is how do you stay focused on the task at hand and just getting into Firestone Fieldhouse, playing basketball at a high level, and getting out of there without being distracted? Yes, some of this is what you talked about, and there's no real way to put a finger on exactly what it is, but there are just some teams that, that other teams struggle with. There's some players that have unbelievable games against one team, but stink the rest, you know, like 
Like, Austin Rivers destroys the Utah Jazz for some reason, but he can't play against anybody else. Like, it's just weird. Plus, let's let's give Pepperdine credit. They've got some players that cause problems, and we saw it with Kobe Ross and Kessler, Kessler Edwards. Edwards. Those guys are the real deal, and Lorenzo Romar is a really good coach. Yes. I expected a very close game based on the coaching adjustments that would be made by Pepperdine specifically. And voila, it happened in the favor of uh, Pepperdine. Okay, Jason, on to the second. Does the loss to Pepperdine sting less now that it's technically a quad two loss? Um, maybe. I mean, the loss is going to sting. Over, yeah, I mean, I guess kind of it does. Because, look, it does improve. Even though it's just a fraction of a, of a difference, it does change how the committee will view it. Yep. So, so actually, it does help a lot. It, it, it helps a lot, okay? <laughs> it helps a lot. <laughs> It's so weird, right? I you talked look, myself into it. You look at the quad one, quad two, quad three, quad four <laughs> setup on the team sheet, and you see zero losses in three and zero losses in four for BYU right. still. And it's like, okay, well, it's not that big of a deal. If it were a quad three loss, would be like, oh, man, that one's going to hurt on Selection Sunday. The key now is that, and BYU fans, you, you need to root hard for Pepperdine to win every game from yep. here on out. They need to stay top 135. All right, Houston Texans quarterback Deshaun Watson is officially asked to be traded from the Texans. How will the Deshaun Watson trade demand affect where Zach Wilson will land? Oh, I think this is very much a factor, Jason, because you better believe that every team that needs a quarterback is looking at what Deshaun Watson has done in Houston. He's a stud. Yes. He's a stud quarterback. The Jets, the Falcons, the Panthers, the 49ers. 49ers, absolutely. Why would all those teams not be pining to get a guy, a proven guy like Deshaun Watson? I I agree. This could have big-time ramifications, and I think the team that you look at the most is the New York Jets. Yeah. They – and – I don't know if he actually said it. There was a report he said it, but that he actually views the Jets as one of his prime targets. And look, if if you're going to get Deshaun Watson, you're not drafting Zach Wilson. No. Are the Texans going to work out some type of deal where now Zach Wilson is, is Zach the Wilson in the mix for Houston? Yeah. Is he the future? This absolutely could play into where Zach goes without question. Okay, let's stay with the Zach Wilson topic because he upgraded his automobile. <laughs> To a Maserati. If you were about to be a top five pick in the NFL draft, Jason, which car are you buying? Okay. Uh, real fast. I've never considered myself like a car guy, but I think I may go somewhat of a classic car. I may go like either a 67 Mustang Ooh. or I may go a 70 Dodge Charger. <laughs> like I may go like Fast and the Furious Vin Diesel and go like matte navy blue Charger. <laughs> I love it so much. Uh, for me, I'm a German car guy, Jason, so... I'm either going with uh, an Audi RS4 or uh, BMW M3. Okay? I want a fast car, all right? Fast car. All right. Uh, Jordan Pendleton, bench pressing 440 pounds. You impressed? Yes. <laughs> Are you kidding me? 410? Okay, and uh, that's probably not what he's uh, aiming for either, Jason. The, the dude is not set on plateauing. The, the guy did three sets in his 410. The guy did three sets of four. Of four I mean, like, that's insane. Like, look at this. It's like it's like they it's like they, they snuck in a video of me at the gym. Oh, Jason. Okay, no, 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 no. I'm not even on. Nah, <laughs> no. This is no. why he has his own business. This is why yeah. penalty performance is a thing, Jason. That is that's impressive. Well done, Jordan.
Well done. Well done indeed. All right, coming up, prop, pick, recap, and Spencer, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. I <laughs> said it this morning when I realized that it was not going to be good, and I, and I mean it. I, I still love you, Chef. still love you, man. Yeah, you'll be telling a story about me in about uh, <laughs> 10 or 12 years. <laughs> Kennedy Eschenberg of 16th rank BYU Women's Volleyball will also join us after the Cougars sweep to open up WCC play. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. BYU hosts Pacific in a rescheduled game this Saturday at the Marriott Center. I'll get you ready for the game with Cougar Pregame Live beginning at 5 Eastern. Greg Rubel and Mark Durant will have the call at 6 Eastern on BYU Radio and the BYU Radio app. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation live from Studio B. We are going to speak with the fabulous Kennedy Eschenberg of 16th-ranked BYU Women's Volleyball in just a moment. But first, we need to precursor with some volleyball news. BYU, amidst postponements of West Coast Conference games, just announced that they will add a match at Utah Valley on February 4th, 8 Eastern. So the schedules continue to change for everyone, Jason. Get used to this. Look, you get games in when you can get games in. That's what this is all about. So, uh, Kennedy, now with us on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Kennedy, how do you feel about the breaking news? You got a game on the 4th. I hope you're not busy that night. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited. We heard that our other game was postponed, and so uh, the coaches said they were – working on scheduling a match and kind of like what you said, just grateful to be playing and grateful for any game we can play. So I'm excited. Well, I'm sure you're also grateful to be able to begin the season with uh, two sweeps over Portland. It was a very productive couple of days in the Pacific Northwest. First and foremost, congratulations on the two victories. How nice was it just to be able to finally play? Thank you. Yeah, it was so fun. I just felt giddy just because it's been, I don't even know how long, like over a year since we played in our last real game. And it just felt so fun to, first of all, be able to play. And then also to get those wins was awesome. And also there were some tight sets. And so it was cool to see our team uh, really come together and pull those out. And it was really good. Kennedy, you celebrated as any team should do in Portland by finding voodoo donuts and posting a team photo. So I have to ask, what what was the donut of choice for you after the wins against Portland? Yeah, our coaches surprised us, and we were so excited. And I chose – it was a hard choice because they all looked so good, but I chose one that had – Oreos and peanut butter on it. Oh goodness! And it was it was a good choice. <laughs> I'm starving now. Thank you, Kennedy. Is there is there a bad choice there because they all look fantastic? I know. I don't think there is. One of our teammates got uh like the maple bar with uh bacon on it. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I would like that, but <laughs> I think people like that. Yeah. So now you you'd mentioned how nice it was to to play, and after after such a long layoff, what? What has been different, or how has it been different playing this schedule at this time of year when you're not used to playing volleyball? Yeah, it it's different because usually, like, the men's team is playing right now, and we just finished our season. But one thing that was really has been neat was usually in the winter, it's like a time where you just get to work on your skills. And so last winter we worked on our skills and got a lot better. And then we were able to do that this fall again before we got to play. And so 
that's just been a really, really good opportunity for our team to get better and get it, be able to practice during that time. And then playing during this time, it's crazy. And it was weird to play Portland back to back. And usually, cause usually you play them and then a few weeks later you play them again, but it was like play Portland. And then the next <laughs> night, Oh, we're playing them again, <laughs> but it, it was good. It was fun. Well, and not every team, especially in the West Coast Conference, has been able to work out together and practice together and refine those skills together because of program shutdowns and significant COVID protocols, specifically within the state of California. This BYU team and BYU football took advantage of this too, Kennedy. They were with each other for a long time. Do you feel like this is an advantage for you against the rest of uh, the West Coast Conference and much of the country? Oh, yeah, for sure. I think it really makes me grateful for all the people that are making it possible, are the administration, our coaches, our trainers, because they really have worked hard to make it possible that we can keep practicing and playing. And it's just been a huge advantage to, especially for our team who's got some new players and we're all learning and growing, that we just got to have those extra months to be able to play and practice. When you look at this team this year, every year, even if a lot of people come back, each team has kind of its own identity. How would you describe this team and this year's version of BYU women's volleyball? Yeah, I. Um, one thing I think is so cool about our team is we're pretty balanced and we have a lot of girls that can are ready at any time to come in. And I think one thing that's special is I feel like everyone's really hungry and wants to win. And I think that just makes our team super special and super fun to play every game with a team that just wants to win so bad. Who are some of the players that have caught your eye that maybe fans should pay attention to? Yeah, that's a hard question because I feel like we have a lot of good players who each uh, fulfill like their role and um but one that a few that I think are really cool as you can see in this last match versus Portland is um, Leilani and our freshman Maddie and we have a middle alley we just everyone and one thing that's cool about Leilani was in Portland we had some tight sets and she got back and served some really good serves to help us pull out those sets and Abby had some good serves so I just think our team that's one thing that's so cool about our team is everyone has a role and everyone's just working hard to do their job. Kennedy, I know that your coaches do a really nice job of helping you focus on the next match at hand or the next set of matches because now you're playing teams back to back, but I can't help but get the impression in conversations with several of your teammates that this team feels like it's capable of something special, not just a conference championship, but making another deep run in the NCAA tournament. Why is that? Yeah, I think One thing that's super cool is the belief that we have and the belief that our coaches have in us and just that hunger that I talked about, like we want to win. And I think one thing that's special about this year is it just helps you put in perspective how grateful we are to play every game and how fun volleyball is and just how special it is to be able to play at this time. So as you mentioned earlier, normally Your season is over now, and the men's team's now getting ready to start playing. Your husband obviously is on the men's team. Do you guys even see each other right now? (laughs) I mean, because you've got your schedule, and now he's getting ready for his. 
What's what's that dynamic like right now? Yeah, it's so funny because we were like preparing ourselves. We're like, okay, we're both going to be in season. We're just probably not going to see each other like ever because I practice 12 to three. He practices three to six. But the past two weeks, we've like seen each other so much. (laughs) And we were talking the other day. We're like, are we doing something wrong? Like, (laughs) But I think it's because we have online classes. So it's been nice. But we traveled last week and they're going to start traveling. So I think we won't see each other much, but we're prepared for it. (laughs) Okay. And uh, we saved the best for last. Right now, who's the better athlete within an amazing power couple? Oh, my, Zach, for sure. <laughs> wow. Do you really believe that? Because I think you're being you, – you're just being very, very nice about this. No, no. Zach is good at everything he does. Okay. And he's the better athlete. Well, we're going to defend you because you just led – the team in kills as a middle blocker with 11. So we'll come to your defense. Okay, Kennedy. Uh, thank you. <laughs> That's we, helped though. We appreciate the he time helped. as well. Uh, let's give you some karma for uh, your next matches right now. That's against Utah Valley. That's right. We just on the fourth before this interview. So uh, best of luck against the Wolverines and moving forward in West coast conference play. Awesome. Thank you so much. You got a Kennedy Eschenberg on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why we show how. She's got the karma. She's already really awesome, Jason. Big things are going to happen uh, against Utah Valley. I really like Kennedy. She's, she's great. And she is amazing as a middle blocker. She is so good. Who's a better athlete? Zach. Yeah. It's not even close. Zach, I, I hope you appreciate yeah, yeah. You know, the shout-out that you just got from your wife. Well, hey, how about this, Spencer? We thought we were going to have to wait tomorrow to find out what Joe, Joe Lenardi thinks of BYU's loss yesterday. What? We will know next. An update on that. You shall see the seating adjustment. Also, Jason, that's good news, but um, you've got some explaining to do about your latest magical prop picks. I apologize. Your proxy prop picks. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation's Rising Shoutout is presented by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding you forward. BYU Sports Nation, always available on demand via the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. Or you can download the podcast. Just Google BYU Sports Nation podcast. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the program. We have a bracketology update of sorts from Joe Lenardi. On his Twitter account, he posts updated sheets. Not a full bracket, but at least an updated sheet every day. Yes. And Jason, guess what? BYU is... Not listed on the bubble. He still has the West Coast Conference with two teams in, Zags and BYU, and the Cougars are not listed as part of the last four buys, the last four in, for that matter. So they are firmly in, in spite of the, oh, another terrible loss at Pepperdine. Irrational girlfriend mode applies perfectly here, Jason. Pageant pageant girl rears her ugly head again. See the big picture. Okay, it's time for our prop picks recap. Uh, Jason, your your proxy prop picks are not going well for either Jerem or myself. I tried. Number one, which combo will score more points? Kessel Edwards and Matt Harms, Colby Ross, and Alex Barcelo, or the BYU bench? Yeah, Jerem went uh, with Ross and Barcelo. Mm -hmm. They had 19 and 12 between them. And for you, Spencer, I uh, I took uh, Edwards and Harms. They went for eighteen and six. So uh, Jerem got that one. Oh, 
For what it's worth, Jason, I think I probably would have gone with Edwards and Harms. So okay, you're off the hook. Okay, that. thank you. You're thank off the hook you for that one. All right, number two. Will Caleb Lohner have more points or rebounds? Uh, Jeremy went with points. He had eleven. For you, Spencer, I went with rebounds. <laughs> Look, when the obvious choice is taken, you you got to go the other one. No, you don't. Make make Ben come up with a different prop pick. <laughs> So, yeah, uh, Jerem got that one, too. Yeah, he did. Yeah. I'm not surprised. See, I, yeah. I, I would have gone with points there. Okay. And forced the hand. Next. Okay. Trevin Nell made four three-pointers on Saturday in a win against Pepperdine. How many will he make in the second game against Pepperdine? Closest without going over. Trevin didn't have a great shooting day, nor did many of the BYU guards. 0 for 3, so no points awarded. Yeah, Jerem said two. I said three. <sighs> Actually, you said three through me. Yeah. Um, Jeremy's going to go into the weekend with a two to nothing lead, so I'm, I'm going to need something special on Saturday, and I will be making my own picks. <laughs> well, yeah, you and Jeremy are back tomorrow, so <laughs> at least he spins the wheel tomorrow for last set. Yes, that's true. The last set of picks. That's true. But I, I could be spinning the wheel next week. That's for sure. Our question of the day. How will the Pepperdine loss impact BYU on Selection Sunday? We just heard what Joe Lenardi thinks. Not much right now, Jason. So maybe based on those uh, numbers that he's given, a 10 seed? They drop a seed line, maybe? Maybe. We, we don't even know that. Our elite voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort. Ben Peterson answers on Twitter, I think it depends on how BYU responds. They need to figure out a way to eliminate the scoring droughts. If BYU can do that and win all the non-Gonzaga games, they should be fine. Hashtag BYUSN. I, I agree. BYU think it's going to be just fine. Today's Rise and Shoutouts, presented by Mountain America Credit Union, guiding you forward. Jason, where are you going with this one? I'm going to go with Zach Wilson's uh, vehicle upgrade. Not that there's anything wrong with a Mazda, but when you go from a Mazda to a Maserati, <laughs> you win. <laughs> Sad to think about a car being as uh, worth as much as some of the homes that uh, <laughs> I have lived in. <laughs> but it is what it is, right? Yeah. My uh, rise and shout-out goes to former BYU tight end and Super Bowl champion coach Brian Billick, who about 20 years ago, Jason, was asked after a Super Bowl win by the Ravens, is this the greatest NFL defense ever? And he said, I might be biased, but tell me this isn't the greatest yeah. defense ever. That Ravens defense was special in 2001. That and the 85 Bears. Those are the two in the conversation. But those defenses couldn't stop the Kansas City Chiefs offense. No, they could not. Our thanks to today's guests. Yeah, Zach Bay Rudy and Kennedy Eschenberg. For Jason, I'm Spencer. Shout out to Jake Langlois. We'll see you tonight for BYU Basketball with Mark Pope on the app. Go Cougs.